on to uncharted territory. That's Tara. And that's Tori. So, so Tara, you want to tell us a little bit about what this week's episode is about? Oh, you know, <laughs> I can't. Why can't I ever get the introduction correct? Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> and I write them. <laughs> Oh, for the love of God. Yes, Tori, I would love to tell you what this week's episode is about. <laughs> Second try. Second verse, same as the first. A little bit louder, a little bit worse. So this week. <laughs> Get it together. I know. Get it together, girl. Get it together. This week, we chatted with my friend and now Tori's friend, James Bullard. Yeah. I... I I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. It's 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 a roller coaster ride. Tara <laughs> Tara told me she was like, and she's probably she may leave this in the episode, but who knows? But Tara told me that I was either gonna love this guy immediately or be a little bit like, oh, Tara, he's a lot, <laughs> and uh, he's a lot. But I love talking to him. It yeah. was such such a such a fun fun time yep. for everyone to get that perspective on life. And on change and on making it in the big city. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tor, what's been going on in life since the last time we checked? Since we last talked to you all, our first episode has come out. That was super exciting. Whoa, I know. It's super cool. I know. So now you guys got to they got to they got to hear Josh. Yes. Who is my favorite. And yes. maybe someday he'll be our accountant. Yes. And um, you know, maybe someday you'll hear some other secret hidden gems that he shared with us, including a little bit of another song. I mean, I'm just saying you'll have oh to. I know. Look at me teasing. I teasing. forgot he sang a second song. <laughs> yes. I forgot about it because I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is this? Wonderwall? And you were like, oh, get out of here. Get out of you here. You 90s child. Get I out. I know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who hears it will know immediately who it is. But I'm not going to do anything. We're just teasing you now. Um, <laughs> it's a tease. I'm a big tease. Um, but it's been super <laughs> exciting. Like uh, people have reached out. I've gotten text messages and some mostly text messages and some Facebook messages. And, yeah. you know, it's super it's super awesome. And I thank everybody for listening because yeah. you're making a little girl's dreams come true. Well, I'm not. It's a little true. Girl, but. <laughs> I also love because all of my friends, they come to me and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah Tori, you're fine. You're fine. You're great. Whatever. We love you. But. Your friend Tara, oh my gosh, she's fantastic. Oh my God, that guest, wow. Oh my gosh, it sounds so professional. It was kind of nice to know that Tara's friends think that I'm an okay part of this podcast too. Oh yeah, my friends, <laughs> I, I sent you I sent you a text message this morning. You did. Um, from Libby. Hey, Libby. What's up, uh, Libby? <laughs> yeah. Friend of, uh, friend of the pod, as they say. Friend of the pod, friend of Tara, and fan mm -hmm. Of Tori Sheehan. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you impressed her with your your singing skills, friend. Um, amazingly tone deaf rendition. <laughs> I think it was pretty good. It sounded. You sang it very quietly, so you know. I did. I did. Know, I kept still, it very inside. Um, I'm still dealing. Just in case anybody's following my home drama, uh, I have no floor. <laughs> it's all concrete. They pulled up all of my flooring. Everything in my kitchen is now in my guest room, and I have to walk all over my or on the table in my living room. So I'm walking all over my apartment, getting like, you know, 
things I need to cook with. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I still have not heard from my insurance carrier because everything moves at a snail's pace. But yeah, the, oh, and I still haven't fixed my bike. Uh, I just this bike this bike even before you took it out for a ride and broke your pedals has been just a tragic story worthy of the of the odyssey and yet here we are on you know chapter 45 I know it's just such a cute bike tail <laughs> it's got it is a very pretty bike anyway anything interesting happening in your world Tori um what am I doing? What am I doing? What I'm doing? You know, um, I'm out here uh, on my um, own. Sorry. <laughs> on my own. I know, right? No, what it's that, it was uh, from fame. It was out here oh. on my own. What a feeling. Anyway, I'm out here actually having uh, a moment because I'm 90% sure that I don't actually know the beginning uh, chords of Chorus Line. So what you don't know is that uh, before the show starts, to make everything line up, we have a little clappy clap moment. Oh, they heard it because it's in our promo. Great. Clap, clap, clap. Anyway, to do the clap, clap, clap is a five, six, seven, eight. Um, But in my head, and so Tara's done Chorus Line like 10 times, so she actually knows what the- Only three. what What the beat line is. Four. And in my mind, it goes five, six, seven, eight. And I realize that if I just slow it down, that turns into the morning of just we two. And I just, I don't, I don't think that's chorus line anymore. I think it's actually wrong. The um, it really sounds like in a Gata Devita. I think it kind of is. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, mixing it all up. Every time, every time you do that and you start it, I'm like, okay, that's an Agata Devita. It's not a chorus line, but that's cool. It's cool because the chorus line is like the top of the show goes. It starts the show. Lights come up and they're like, it starts with Zach saying, "Step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch again." And then so they go through, and that connects with turn, turn, and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes through the whole thing. He's like, all right, let's do it again. Facing away from the mirrors, from the top. Five, six, seven, eight. Da, da, da. Oh, now I have it. I got it to be in my head. Yeah, I know. I know. It's awful. <laughs> Damn you, Tori. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, we're probably going to cut all of this. But anyway, so uh, I have been spending my time working on my comic, KidRiotComics.com. And uh, we're putting out we're putting out a special Halloween thing, so we're really amped for that. That actually should be coming out like a week after this, the week or so after this drops, okay. which will be nice. Um, and then just doing this with Tara because one of the great things that now that we're starting to record more episodes is that it means that we're doing more uh, re- actual recording. So I actually get to hang out with my good friend Tara uh, on the on the chatty chats all the time. On the chatty chats. So, yeah. I like to call this the chatty chats because um, it's definitely not a phone call. It's a microphone call. Yes. It's a microphone call. My microphone. Oh, my God. Who am I? I'm trying to what find. What is happening? Tara, I'm so sorry. I let this get off so far off the rails. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Hold on. All I've had to eat today is an apple and some Reese's peanut butter cups. Thins. Oh, my God. I should have had a protein. I, I'm literally looking up a chorus line right now as we talk. <laughs> 
Okay, ready? Uh, Wait. Well, one, oh, six, here seven, we go. Oh, that was so hard. All I could hear is freaking Inagata DeVita, and it was going to make me crazy. Anyway. Oh, if since if we want to go full circle, P.S., Libby can do this whole opening number. She learned it when we did the show together. Oh, my God. I know, full circle. Anyway, I'm so sorry. So, um, <laughs> well, James had a lot to share, so maybe we should get into the episode. Sounds good. Take a listen, and we'll be back afterwards to chat with you. Are welcoming Tara's good friend James Bullard today, who's going to take us through his uncharted territories. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, James? Uh, sure, that sounds great. First and foremost, thank you so much, women, for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be here. Uh, let me see. I started off, you know, uh, of course, K through 12 at Cleveland School. Go Panthers! Um, <laughs> it, it was one of those things where it was it, it it was not the best fit. I had an amazing family, you know. There was so much more to see, and I was ready to get out in it as soon as possible. Went to Birmingham Southern College, which was uh, Associated College of the South. Studied English and chemistry because theater was simply just not one of those things that that was really what you did. And um, I I don't know. I thought I was corny enough that I could do theater without a degree. <clears throat> <So>. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, you know. Ugh. And then um, I graduated from college, went to work with my dad at the car dealership. I graduated on a Saturday and went to work at Roebuck Honda on a Monday, the Monday following. Made great money. I had a really good time for a hot minute. And then I realized I was spending 90 hours a week at work. And for a guy that's 21 years old, 22, I'm just like, that's just, that's that's killing people. So then I tried to work in the service department of a neighboring dealership for a hot second. Hated that even worse. I would wake up in tears. That was misery. Good Lord Almighty. Then I got on the internet, which is still relatively new at the time. That's what we're dealing (laughs) with, ladies. And uh, found an audition in New York City for Theater Works USA. They were going to get me my equity card. Uh, They were going to do the whole thing. All I had to do was get myself from Trustville, Alabama to New York City. And wouldn't you know it, Greyhound has a 24-hour trip to get you there for about $60 back in the day. Once I got, oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) I got there and I stayed at the YMCA uh, relatively close to Lincoln Center. I can't remember exactly where it was. I just remember it took three showers once I got there to scrape off all of the road dunk. It was awful. Uh-huh. It was horrible. Oh, yeah, it was the worst. But I went to that audition. It was the one audition that I had. And then there's like, oh, thank you. And I was like, okay, well, that was it. I got back on the bus a couple of days later after, you know, seeing the sights and doing the thing and basically gawking at everything that was over 50 feet high. Oh. <laughs> got home and there was a, a message on the answering machine. My dear sweet mother, she's like, honey, there's somebody on the answer machine. You might want to check that. And it was a callback. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I went to one audition. I got one callback. So that's pretty spiffy. So. You know, I stuck around in Alabama for as long as my uh, impatience would allow, and then I moved to New York City. Uh, sublet, you know, moved back and forth, did this kind of thing, did cruise ships, did regional theater, did off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, came real close to Broadway a few times. I don't know, I guess I just kind of, like, got to the point where I was ready to make more security for myself, make more money for myself. And so that's whenever I started looking at coming back to the South to sort of, like, figure out what was next for me, and okay. that's where I am now. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, first of all, I want to say that my favorite thing I think ever that I'm discovering is people's impersonations of their mothers. (laughs) (laughs) It's now literally my favorite thing because you did one and then Josh, who 
did the first episode did one. I am obsessed with people's impersonations of their mothers. <laughs> oh, I hope my mother doesn't find that offensive. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, my impression, not your oh, opinion. Oh, I hope not too. <laughs> okay. So second, I just want to say thank you, yeah. by the way, for yeah, being here. Thank yeah. you. We're so excited. You are 100% among the first people I wanted to talk to when we started talking about doing this podcast. Josh, because we went to college together and he was a musical theater major and then he took this pivot and now he's a CPA. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's quite a pivot, right? And then you, not just because you've made some pivots and changes along the way and moved across the country, and but also because, and I think these are your words. I don't think I'm making them up. You are like aggressively positive. Yes. And I just like that. Those are your words, right? I'm not making those up, right? Yeah. No, that's on my Facebook profile. Yeah. <laughs> Full of bull, bear, and bravado. Aggressively positive. Yep. I feel like we're living in a very negative world. So I'm very happy to have you here. So just thank you in case I forget to say it again and again and again and more and more times. <laughs> okay. So our first question, you did kind of a really great overview. So we're just going to go back and fill in some of the gaps. What exactly did you go to school for? I went to school for English literature and I had a minor in chemistry oh. with near minors in Spanish oh. and mathematics. Oh. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you mentioned that you wanted to, uh, you would have liked to have gone to theater, but you didn't. Is that something that you were that you really wanted to do but couldn't, where you talked out of it. What was that like? Well, I went, I took one theater class and I was the only guy in the whole place that was in any kind of main stage production or any kind of performing anything um, at my college. And I left there with a B plus or maybe it was a B minus. I can't remember. It was a million years ago. And I was absolutely <laughs> apoplectic. I was like, what the actual? So I went to go talk to the professor. He's like, well, James, you know, those are those are business majors and, 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 and science majors that made the A's. Like, I have higher expectations for you because you are a performer. I was like, could you have let somebody in on that? Oh, I don't know, like week two on the syllabus? Some of us are on scholarship and need to keep a GPA at a certain level, friend. Appreciate you. Okay, but so, so you, you, oh, go ahead. Go, no, go I, ahead. after that happy horse, I was like, no, I'm not dealing with this. If my expectations aren't necessarily set in stone and it's that subjective, I can do th other things other places. So I went into English where everything's very cut and dry. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> right. As an English minor. Um, so uh, wait. So and you as the English double major. There you go. So, okay. So you went to school. You said you majored in English with a minor in chemistry, chemistry. and Spanish. Nearly, I nearly had minors in Spanish and math as well. Yeah. Okay. What were all the, what were you intending to do with all those degrees? Chemistry, uh, it, English, it Spanish? It wasn't even the degree that I wanted. It was one of those okay. things where I, I grew up in a really small town. Like it was one okay. of those, I mean, I graduated with 63 other people. Uh, we all oh. knew each other, grew up together. We were all, you know, very closely, you know, um, well, a lot of us were related, you know, if you'll pardon the, <laughs> I know there's a joke there, Alabama, <laughs> yeah, I know, I hear it. But it was also one of those things where we, we had the strongest curriculum we could have with the resources that were available to us. So whenever I got to college and all these things were available, like this depth of, of Spanish language and chemistry with a real lab that had like functioning Barnson burners and all these other kinds of things like the whole world just seemed to open. And so I just, I, I mean, I went after everything. I took 
we didn't have like credit hours like I think a lot of other schools did. It was literally just units. So four units classified a full semester. And I would usually oh. take five to five and a half, maybe even five and three quarters, just to make sure that I got all the classes in that I wanted to take. Now, it was rough on me. I'm not going to lie. But it was also one of those things like I grew a lot in those four years just because I wanted to get everything in. My GPA suffered. I didn't necessarily graduate with any kind of stellar, you know, Phi Beta Kappa, yada, yada, yada. But I left there with right. a really great education that didn't have a lot of flat edges. It was really well-rounded. I was really pleased with it. Oh, wow. So, James, you've mentioned a want to kind of get out, you know, away from the small town. Oh, was there any concerns about you you leaving? Like, you know, yep. do you even have to go to college? Well, now, college was never a question. That was never even an option on the horizon. I knew from <laughs> age eight, like literally single digits, that I was going to school <laughs> at Birmingham Southern College after graduating from Cleveland High. Because my cousin mm -hmm. went to Birmingham Southern College, and she was like the shining star of our family. Like, she was the one. She went to the really good school. She got a great education. And she made the mistake of taking me to the on-campus planetarium when I was uh... almost eight. And I was like, that's it. This is done. I've decided. There's that's a planetarium a on your campus? How spiffy is that, oh, right? That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> 1,500 day students in this beautiful little gym in Birmingham, Alabama, and there is a functioning planetarium right there on campus. Yeah, so I was blown away. I could not even believe that there was something like that in the world, and I knew where I was going. So I was like, okay, college, not an issue. We all knew that I was going to college. It was after that I wanted to move to New York City that everybody was freaking out. My church was like, where are you going? Oh, I can't believe you'd want to leave all this behind. It's like, I'm not leaving this behind. I'm looking for something else to add to it. I'll always come back. This will always be home. But no matter how many times I said it or how many different times I said it, it just never quite communicated. Until one time I just had to get real plain with the preacher. He's like, I reckon I'm going to build me a cruise ship out in the pasture so you'll stay closer to home. Because I worked on cruise ships. Super nice man. Amazing human being. Reverend Ennis Stone, and I will love him till the day I die. He is an incredible person, and he made an enormous impact on me. But I need, I, I needed to tell him. It was one of those things that was like a coming-of-age thing. I was like, look, here's what it is. You could put it in the field back behind your house, and I wouldn't want it. Because half, no, 87% of the best part of it is the fact that it's not here. And that's not because I don't like it here. There's just so many other places and things to see. And he got really quiet. And he was just drenched with sweat from the sermon that he just delivered. And he reached out his hand and he took my hand and he shook it. And then he hugged me and like the full body, cold, damp, press thing. But like it was drenched in the spirit as well. And he's like, I'm glad you told me that. He says that makes a lot more clarity to hear it like that than what I've been trying to tell you to do. Once it was communicated clearly between the two of us, he was never anything but supportive. He was always supportive. He just, he wanted me to know that I was missed. And that was, mm -hmm. it was a gift, honestly. And I mm -hmm. will always remember that. I went to Nassau Community College before I went to SUNY New Paltz. So I did two years of community college. And in my two years of community college, I had five majors because oh I just gosh. wanted to try things. Oh, yeah. Right. I was a psychology major. Um, I was a photography major. Um, I was a 
uh, English major. I was a journalism major. And then I switched to um, mass media and communications. And I worked at the radio station. And then I went to SUNY New Paltz and I double majored in communication and theater with a minor in English creative writing. <laughs> so like, Amazing. you know, I, yeah, I, it's the same thing. Like I can feel it's like, it's like James Bullard, you're a my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> except, for this, <laughs> except for like the same age. So I guess not. Um, you know. Okay. So you said your first job was at your dad's car dealership, right? Yeah, first job out of college was, yeah. My dad and I worked at Robo Honda. He was the sales manager and I was the, um, uh, the son of the sales manager. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I and did you think that's what you were going to end up doing or did you have your aspirations set on going to New York oh, and no. theater? I, I, I don't know that I had them set on New York and theater. I knew I had them set somewhere else doing mm, okay. something else. Mm-hmm. Like this was something great because it was guaranteed. Like, you know, you, you, you go to school and you, you get your degree and then you get a job and then you do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And I was, I thought myself, I found myself so fortunate because whenever I finished college, I had a job waiting on me and not everyone in my graduating class was so lucky. And I was like, mm-hmm. sweet. Only thing was, you know, it was one of those things where I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be cocky around here. It's not cocky <laughs> if you can back it up. I get sales experience and talent from my dad. Like he could sell a ketchup popsicle to a little old lady wearing white gloves in July in Georgia. Like uh, no kidding. Oh, I love it. I I've love never it. heard I that one it. before. Oh my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. My father oh my is out of control when it comes to salesmanship. He's, he's the end all be all. And I grew up around that. So, you know, I, I thought I, you know, I had a pretty good gift for it as well. So, you know, graduating college on a Saturday, going right to work on a Monday, you know, shortly after graduating from college, I'd saved up enough money to pay off my school loans. Wow. It was like maybe two or three years later, those were gone. Wow. And I was like, okay. That's big. Okay, nice. And then, you know, it's just one of those things. And then you learn a lot. You learn a lot about the real world because you've got like high school, which is one world. You've got college, which is another and kind of gets you kind of sort of maybe almost there. And then you hit real world and you're like, oh God, this is adulting. How do I turn this back and make this stop? So, <laughs> so. You worked at the car dealership for three years? Uh, let me see. I want to say I was there for, yeah. Um, the car dealership, I think I was there for like a year and a half. And then I stayed a year and a half at the other dealership. Uh, shortly after that, I auditioned for uh, Birmingham Children's oh. Theater because they were having auditions. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Talking about the, the, the mm-hmm. dealership. I went in, I sang my audition piece, I did my thing, and I was cast for the entire season at Birmingham Children's Theater. Nice. Oh. What did you sing? Uh, I could not tell you. I think maybe oh. How Are Things in Glockamora oh, from Finian's okay. Rainbow. <laughs> my college voice teacher gave that song to me to sing, and I, I loved it. And it, it, was, it sat well in my Irish tenor voice. And mm. uh, yeah, it was just wonderful because I didn't know what to expect. And then whenever I finish, they're like, great, we want to offer you this, 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 and this. I'm like, wait, what, huh? <laughs> so that was huge and wonderful, and I was so excited. And then that kind of led into the getting the job with the Alabama Symphony Orchestra whenever they did this enormous mm-hmm. holiday extravaganza called Holiday Magic that was done with a few local talent from the Birmingham area and theater scene, and then also, I want to say, six or eight equity actors from New York City. And that's whenever we all work together, like, James, you could come to New York and do this really easily. I was like, please don't, please don't tease me. Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) And 
<laughs> it was shortly after that I was on the bus, and one of the same cast members that was in the show with the Holiday Magic show with uh, sublet me his apartment in Hell's Kitchen for like two, three months. And I had to leave early because I think maybe two weeks into my stay, I booked a cruise gig that was going to Europe and Africa. Ooh. And I cried wow. in the audition room during my, during my callback. I cried. They're like, you were so cute. We're talking about it during rehearsal. Like, I couldn't believe it. We were taping your callback. And then when they told you that we wanted to offer you the job that was going to Italy and France and Spain and Africa, you started to get a little teary. I was like, no, uh. I was like, oh, yes. Yes, James. <laughs> we have it on film. We could show you if we need to. I was like, no, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. So it, it was just one of those things. I um, It's funny. I run a travel blog with my very good friend, Andrew. And we have a tea and tank Tuesday because we the Adventure Dudes, which is the name of our blog, has... Uh, these incredible t-shirts like I have like four or five of them fit great soft la 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 and so a lot of my friends have bought them and I say hey please send me a picture so I can put that on our social media and my friend Leanne today was her day I say all this to tell you that she was the woman who reminded me not long ago she said you always had these enormous lofty dreams that none of the rest of us even could fathom we're sitting at the at the lunchroom table and she says what do you want to do whenever you get out of here I said I want to sing on cruise ships oh, wow. and then she said and then you did it she said, and you did it. Like, you set this goal. You told us about this dream that you had. And, you know, we were from Blount County, Alabama. We'd never even dreamed so crazy. And then here you are telling us at lunch. And then flash forward a few years, and you're out in the middle of the Mediterranean singing in sequence for people who don't speak English. It's like, yeah. Yeah, wow. I guess that's pretty cool. So... Yeah, it's just... Was it, it hard for you? Did you know anyone going into the cruise ship? No. Was it odd going into a whole new, nobody knows you kind of situation? I've never met a stranger. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just like, I mean, it's that was, the first that was time I met Tara. They called him the they called him the mayor of Long Island because he never yeah. met a stranger. He, Amazing. Grocery yeah, stores but, everywhere. Yep. That's probably why I well, liked him when I first met you. The first time I met Tara, too, she told me, she's like, you were the only person who went for like full out on the menu because we were working together at Allenbury Playhouse. Mm -hmm. And they took us out to dinner before we started rehearsals. And I'm the guy's like, I'll take an appetizer and a full entree. And yes, don't skip the dessert menu. And maybe even a coffee if I'm feeling a particularly froggy and she said that to me she says you're the only person who really like went all out I was like yeah <laughs> because if somebody else is picking up the tab I'm an actor sorry that's just kind of reflex yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so now you're on a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean yeah and then what what happens after the cruise ship uh oh after the cruise ships uh let me see honestly I oh, loved it so ships? much there were multiple ships oh yeah oh yeah I did oh wow 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 let me see I did the Costa Victoria twice and um while I was there I uh met the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen in my life like she looked like something out of a music video it was crazy <laughs> And um, learn to speak Italian for her because as a performer, I had all this free time on my hands. So one day while we were off in Genoa, I went to a bookstore and bought a learn to speak Italian book and did all of the lessons and learned to speak Italian. And one day while we were boat drill, somebody says, yeah, and so's your sister. And my response was, <laughs> non ce una sorella, which means I don't have a sister. And I wish you could have seen the looks on their faces when gringo blonde boy over here starts spouting Italian. Oh, oh it was beautiful. So how many years did you do cruise ships? Gosh, uh, I want to say six, seven, maybe. I think I did six years and nine contracts total. And did you stay out there the whole time or did you bounce back inland no. and do stuff? Stayed out there the whole time because it was one of those things once you got out there, right. like the money was incredible. 
Like it was so good. Mm-hmm. So many people in New York were so hesitant to take those contracts because they, they didn't want to be mm-hmm. out of the city. Whereas I was like, are you kidding me? You're going to send me to Australia? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to New Zealand? Wait a second. I'm going to drink sweet potato lattes in Korea? Where do I sign? Get me the heck out of here. And then yep. they started fitting me for a banana yellow tux with a teal ruffle and bedazzled from like, you know, <laughs> navel to shoulder. I was like, perhaps I should have gandered at this more closely. <laughs> you know, it's a trade-off. For as much fun as I had and as much money as we all made and the places I got to see. Wow. Like I got to sing a solo in this in the um in St. Mark's Cathedral in Venice in St. Mark's Square. Wow. We went for a midnight viewing. They turned off all the lights and nobody said anything. They just turned off all the lights. And I was like, I will never get this opportunity again. So I sang a song that I learned in choir in college, a cappella. And just about the time that I said, I am the sunlight, because it was a spiritual song that we sang. Wow. They turned the lights on to this gigantic mosaic of Jesus in the dome. Wow. And it was one of the most incredible performance experiences of my life. And I didn't even know it was going to happen until they turned the lights off on us. I was like, well, here we go. You either live large, you leave it behind. And I'm not one to be left behind. So, yeah, it was it's pretty amazing. Please say, that was a great story. Going back, please say that you sang Copacabana in your yellow tuxedo with the teal ruffle. Was there another option of song <laughs> that I could have sung in a banana yellow tuxedo? That's literally oh, yeah. all I could picture. Absolutely. And that was just on that contract because Barry Manilow makes the rounds amongst the cruise circuit. So there was a different contract. I had a different ship with Royal Caribbean where I wasn't in a banana yellow tuxedo. I was in bright red spandex bell bottoms with a red and fuchsia sequined jacket that was also a quick change so there was once or twice where i did a little bit of a skid getting out on the stage because i almost didn't make it where in there did you work at allenberry was that before the cruise ship uh let me see i don't know what year was that um do you remember 2003 four Okay, that was after because I had a really bad experience on a on a cruise contract with Radisson, which is now Regent Cruises, and I told mm-hmm. them to lose my number. Okay. I worked with a production company that I did not enjoy. They put me on a ship that was awful under terrible management, and I I just told them to expunge my file, never call me again. This is not something I want to do again. And that's whenever I left cruises and went to regional and had a blast with that as well. With things like you know we did um, Red Hot and Cold, or mm-hmm. was it? Mm-hmm. And then we did. Um, Oh, closer walk with Patsy Cline. Yeah. So when you decided to go from cruises to regional, uh-huh. was it that just that one contract that made you make the decision? Yes. Or were you starting to miss being on land, nope. missing the stability of being nope. on land? It was that job. And I can definitively say that. I can absolutely say that because I would be absolutely great if I had continued with Costa. Because my first two with Costa, this, the third one was with uh, Regent Radisson. Uh, I, I was mm-hmm. done. Like I called them ship to shore and that was a very expensive phone call for whoever had to pay for it. I was like, look, this is not working Mm -hmm. out. And then I just stayed at the end of the contract. We'll take really good care of you next time. I said, you misunderstand. There was not going to be a next time. I am finished. (laughs) I will honor Mm -hmm. this contract, but I'm ready to go. Okay. And um, that's just where it was. And then of course, flash forward to 2008, 2009, whenever we had the giant recession, 
I had four contracts lined up in regional and they all like disappeared because either the theater closed or they just couldn't afford to do the shows anymore or whatever reason. So I went back to ships because Mm -hmm. it was a a valid option then and it worked out really, really well. Wow. So like what was going through your head as you were finishing up that contract? Was it was it more like, I'm good enough to make this work on land, or is was it more like, I'm just going to have to make this work on land? It, it wasn't even either of those things. It didn't even get that deep, because pardon me, I'm rather surface. I'm the guy that jumps mm-hmm. and figures out where the hell he's going to land. I'm like, no. <laughs> okay. I just knew that this was not a situation I could stay in. I needed to figure out where I was going next. I didn't care where. Like, as, as, uh, again, I don't mean for this to sound cocky. I just, you know, this is what I was thinking. You know, at this age, that's all you you are as cocky. Are you kidding me? I'm going to live forever. I'm the best things in sliced bread with butter and toasted. So yeah, I just, I, I, I got off the ship and I told them not to call me again. I said, I don't do it. Just don't. And, um, and they were, they didn't, they, I think they tried a couple of times, but I stayed solid because you know, how many, you know, actors do you know that say I'm never working there again. And then they call with, you know, a dream role or basically just work. Yeah. And people are like, well, you know, okay, they call and I really like the show and, you know, I'm get to work with these people and blah, 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 blah. I, no. Come back. Go back to the scene. Go back to the restaurant because I was working at Ellen's Stardust Diner and Aww. it was awesome. Aww. Oh, yeah. Because, hi. Yeah. And it was just, it was a blast. <laughs> like, if I couldn't perform at a regional theater, I could perform there. But luckily, like, a lot of regional theaters gave me great work for many, many years. And I really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. I was just really fortunate because I was always the one that was putting in, you know, requests off work. I was like, yeah, I get to go do this here. I get to do that there. And it was just, I, I, I don't know. To, to hear the odds back then, I think I was just really killing it because most of my friends were just like, I didn't mm-hmm. get this. I didn't get that. And just from all the things that I was lucky enough to get to do, I can't help but just think, God, I was blessed a million times over you get to go so many different places doing so many amazing shows with so many cool people. Like I, I kind of felt like the mayor of an audition. Like you're talking about your ma- dad being the mayor of Long Island here. Yeah. I kind of felt like, you know, <laughs> the mayor of, of Ripley Greer. Cause I show up like, James, hey, what's up? Hey, oh my God. It's so great to see you guys. Oh my God. Are you here? Oh my God. I haven't seen you forever. You know, like they do. <laughs> but I, it's like that Saturday part, Night Live sketch. <laughs> yes. Where and, and, Mark, it's always Mark Wahlberg. And it's like, uh, say hey to your mom. <laughs> or something i can't remember what it is but it's like yeah yeah yeah. like every time they see him it's like yeah and and say hey to your mom because you know everybody knows him and he knows everybody and he's i don't know and a couple Uh, of them you could because you know whenever we're doing shows together regionally you know a lot of us had parents that would come to see those shows so i did know your mama i was like oh my god how's your mama (laughs) now yeah that sort of thing your mom is adorable too First of all, you oh, look just like your mom. Thank you. I think she's beautiful. <laughs> she is adorable. She's so cute and she's so proud. Those are the two things I remember. I can't remember her voice, but I can see her face very clearly. And I just remember she was super proud. Yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah. And you do. You look just like your mama. Thank you. <laughs> I love that compliment. I've gotten it my whole life and I can't tell you how happy I am about it because my mother... Ever since I was a teeny tiny little guy, I always thought she was so, so beautiful. And Aww. like growing up and hearing that was always such a huge compliment to me. And, you know, I'd go home and tell her, I was like, hey, mom, I heard it get in today. And she would smile. And my mother's, she's not a, uh, she's not what I would call like a vain woman in the least. Like she is one of the hardest working, 
most earnest human beings I have ever known my whole life. Granted, I'm biased, <laughs> but there's a million people out there that know her that would say the exact same thing. And so whenever people would compare me to her in any way, it was always such a huge compliment. Aww. And I couldn't wait to get home to tell her. So thank Aww. you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course. It's true. All right. So we've covered cruises. We've covered regional work. Yeah. What was the point was there a point where you decided to uh, skip doing regional and just go to New York City? Or was there a point where you decided you need to do something besides theater? Um, it, it honestly came out of the blue. I mean, that's just the gospel of it. I My last musical theater gig was with um, Flat Rock Playhouse in Flat Rock, North Carolina. I fell in love with North Carolina. It's where I call home now. Uh, it's about two hours away from where I currently reside in Concord. So that was wonderful. But I got the job at, 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 uh, at Flat Rock and people I thought were, were better at the face mm -hmm. game were coming up to me like, wait a second, you got Flat Rock? I was like, yeah. And I don't appreciate the question because your face is kind of betraying what you're really asking me right now. <laughs> but no, it's fine. It's fine. It happens all the time because I get it. I'm not the best dancer and I'm not, you know, like six feet tall and drop dead gorgeous. What I am is a hell of a lot of fun and what I do, I love. And that reads to anybody in an audience. Okay. I can say what my strength is and that's it. Uh -huh. Back to the question. Thank you. While I toot my horn for a hot second. Toot toot. Well, I, I went back to New York after my summer in uh, Flat Rock, and I've been working with this amazing group of guys. It's called Chapquist Entertainment out of Las Vegas. And again, like, mm -hmm. it, if, if I had any kind of advice to give anybody in theater, just be like, own it. Just be confident. Like, if you're the right fit, you're the right fit. Half of that is just the swagger. Because a buddy of mine at my gym in New York, he's like, he heard me singing karaoke at our holiday party. He says, you should try out for my group. And at the time I was singing with another group, I was like, no, you know, I got something going right now, but I appreciate it. Thank you. And mm -hmm. whenever I left that group, I told him, I said, you know, now I'm interested. He's like, great, because they were really looking for people right now. I was like, okay, cool. I sent him an email. I said, hi, my name's James Bullard. My buddy Josh told me that you're looking for somebody and I fit the bill. He says, you want somebody attractive, muscular, and can sing the hell out of falsetto. I said, dude. You, you're done. Like, let's just get this going. A few days pass. I hadn't heard. And I wrote him back. I said, look, I don't know what I need to tell you about this, but like, I'm waiting to hear back from y'all. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and they said, we had to write back just so we could meet the person who wrote this email. I was like, okay, well, good. Seven minutes in the audition, they were measuring me for costumes. And I've been working with them ever since. So I had this amazing band gig that toured internationally great pay and it wasn't like six months at a time on a ship so i was all for it so i never really left musical theater i just kind of like changed channels a little bit this was such a godsend like i literally was just like okay come on come on come on i really want to i don't want to leave theater but i don't want to do this because after flat rock after i paid commissions to manager and agent mm -hmm. like i was bringing home like four hundred dollars mm. a week take home <laughs> and still trying to live a New York mm -hmm. lifestyle. I mean, even though my place was sublet, it's just like, y'all, I can't, I can't make this. I can't do this. So now we do like Beatles, Beach Boys, Bee Gees, Motown, and Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons all over the world, or we did before COVID. Mm -hmm. So I had that. Um, I was living in New York at the time. I was doing these gigs. I was working at the restaurant, you know, doing all the things. And then a friend of mine in Nashville, Tennessee, calls me and says, hey, he and I met doing cruise ships together. He was a guest entertainer, and I was production singer. He's like, I want to buy this property in Nashville. He said, it's a great deal. It's got an amazing location, but I want to pay cash for it. And I don't have quite that much funds. He says, can you come up with $50,000? <laughs> it's like, uh, uh. <laughs> so 
I cashed out my Roth. I cashed out my Roth IRA. And I went and I and I threw it at him and we bought this little property in Nashville. And then he says, well, I mean, since you own half of it, do you just want to move down here and live in it? And I had not entertained the thought until he mentioned, I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. Wow. And so I left New York. Within a month, I had packed up this little beater of a Corolla that I had bought off somebody else at the gym for $1,500. What I couldn't pack, I sold or put on the curb. And I was on my way to Tennessee. And well, you know, you got to find the halfway point between New York and home. You know, well, uh, home was only two hours away. Home was like maybe two, two and a half hours away. Mom bought her first new car ever, oh. so that she could make this trip safely and reliably between Nectar, Alabama, and Nash, Vegas. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just like that was that was the new shift. Um, and the guys told me they said, like, "Yeah, James, we don't really care where you live. We'll fly you from Nashville as quickly as we will from New York. It's not a problem." It's like, well, awesome. <laughs> so. What I was doing when I wasn't singing on my uh, on my birthday, I want to say it was th- almost three years ago. Uh, the boss, the owner of Palmetto State Solar in Greenville, is a good friend of mine who is also on the edition circuit in New York. He and I were very good friends in New York, and he was just like, "Tell you what, when you sing, you sing, and when you sell, you sell. You'll sell solar with me. Whenever you got a gig, all you got to do is just make sure somebody knows, and you peel out and do your things." It's like, awesome. Mm-hmm. That sounds that, that sounds perfect, wow. actually. And that's what I've been doing up until COVID. So it was just one of those things where I had the corporate job to take care of half my income and then the singing job to take care of the other half of my income. And it's been a very comfortable and very lucrative lifestyle. And I never really had to give up on theater and performing. I just had to find a way. If you continue to hold out or you continue to like focus your intention on finding those kinds of things, I think a lot of people would be really surprised to see how quickly that can manifest itself in your life. Wow. So now you're living in Nashville. I'm living in Concord, just outside of Charlotte. No, 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 no. Oh, at the time. I'm I'm taking you back (laughs) to to a time, James. Got it. Yeah. Flashback. So now you're living in Nashville. Yeah. (laughs) So you're living in Nashville. Uh You own half a house. Uh-huh. Um, because there's more to this story, and I know there is. Um, okay. So you, oh you, you own half a house uh-huh. in Nashville, and you're flying out to do gigs. Uh, yes. But you, you're sort of like a, uh, you start to become a mini real estate mogul. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was so excited about it. Whenever, uh, let me see, in 2014, I bought my first house just outside of Orlando in a mm-hmm. place called Davenport, Florida. Because I reached an age, I was like, I need to own something. More than the clothes and the these discount shoes. I need to own something. <laughs> and so I bought a house because I'd been in my waitstaff job for six years. It was on W-2. Like I had all the things that I needed to do it. I had a down payment that I got from selling Lululemon stock, and that was awesome. And, uh, you had Lululemon yeah. stock? Heck Jeez. yeah. I've been, I've been taking stock market trading classes for probably the last 12 years, and that was one of the big oh, ones wow. back in the day. And so you know, I was making all this huge money off of Lululemon, so I cashed out. Used all that for my down payment, and it was amazing. Like, we had a blast. Uh, got into that house. Um, my buddy David Demuzio, he asked me about the house in Nashville, so then I cashed out some other investments to buy that house. I sold the Florida house to buy the North Carolina house, mm-hmm. and it was really scary. And all of my mortgage lender and my real estate agent were like, you're insane. You're a crazy person. It's like, Why? I had scheduled the closing for the Florida house at 9.30 a.m. on September 24th mm-hmm. and the closing for the North Carolina house at 11 a.m. 
on September 24th. <laughs> oh, wow. And hmm. one was contingent upon the sale of the other. So it was just like, you know, I, I put a lot of eggs in one basket and I rolled a whole lot of dice, but it all paid off. Like I, I made a really nice little sum from the sale of a Florida house to use for down payment mm -hmm. on the North Carolina house and then use the rest of that money to like put aside into stocks and savings and paying off a lot of debts and this, that, and the other thing. And I still had a lovely little nest egg. I was like, that worked out beautifully. How many more times can I do that? So found a couple of more business partners along the way. And now I own partials of five homes, six units, and we're looking to acquire another two to three before year's end. Nice. Okay, so you own a lot of businesses, mm -hmm. <laughs> you travel the world. Yes. And you sell solar panels? Yes, so solar panels, uh, solar home energy systems. And um, today, as a matter of fact, literally just today, I had an interview and was hired by a company called Leaf Filter. It is a gutter guard home improvement company. And um, it doesn't sound, you know, like something that a former musical theater performer would do necessarily, but the product is great. The money's fantastic. And I get to, you know, stick around close to here while nothing else has happened in the world. I'm pretty excited about it. So. <laughs> wow. You know. So it sounds like you're going to need some kind of like personal business assistant, someone to sort of manage <laughs> your life the way they might manage, say, a stage we are not far away from that so oh. if anybody you know anybody that needs like a position <clears throat> with a really <clears throat> lenient <throat> boss <clears throat> yeah <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> oh sorry sorry i i maybe i have something stuck in my throat <laughs> you, I was about to say, drop, you need a swab darling lord what's going on over there they got drive throughs at the walgreens now it's going to take a couple of days to get a result though oh, oh. I <laughs> have you had a COVID test? No, They're horrifying. You, do you ever get a, a strep throat culture? The they stick that big Q-tip down the back of your throat. Oh, absolutely! They did that to me all the time as a kid. It's the exact same thing, except it's up your nose, <gasps> and it's just as aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Like yep, it's they stick it up there and they dig around in there. And that lion nurse that tells you it's going to be uncomfortable for a hot second. I was like, ma'am, I've dealt with uncomfortable. I'm going to need you to be straight with me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you told us how everybody uh, reacted when you said you were moving to New York to do theater. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what did everybody, how did everybody react when you were like, um, so I'm going to start buying houses and selling uh, solar panels and maybe just take a little step back from theater, but I'm going to move back to North. I'm going to move back to the Southern area, like first Nashville, mm -hmm. then North Carolina. Like how did all the, now all these new people that you had met, how did in they In New York react? or in Nashville or? Or all of those places. Like how did everybody react when you told them that you were just sort of, you know, I you, told my, my New name York is James Willard, I'm changing the game. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they were used to it. Like it was one of those things. Like I, I constantly live in flux. Like I live, better whenever I know things are changing, like, <laughs> like constantly. Wow. Okay. I just feel more excited. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm living a little bit closer to like the real, like the, the max of my capability and potential whenever the ground underneath me is a little bit soft. So people know me, the ones closest to me know that for a fact. They're like, okay, like I'm changing jobs. Okay. I got this job here. Okay. I'm moving to, to Nashville. Like, ah, it's like, no, no, no. I'm going to be in New York a lot because a lot of our gigs are in New York. So I'll, you know, come and I'll sleep on the sofa. Like, oh, okay. 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 It's oh, wow. been amazing. I've really just like fallen into these incredible opportunities with these unbelievably fantastic people 
who not only appreciate me for the art that I can make with them as a part of their great family that they've already had for years, and they're willing to want to make me happy by bringing me up a couple of days earlier so I can stay with my friends in New York, even though I've tried a new life in Nashville or in Greenville or in Charlotte. And it's like, yeah, I, I never want to leave. And, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't have. Because <laughs> whenever you can, you know, I made family in New York. Right. My gym, CrossFit Queens, was like, that they were the cement that made it really hard to break away whenever it was time to move away. You know, it, it's like I, I, of course, I'm not there. But also, whenever I come back, it's like you pick right up where we right. left off. Mm -hmm. So nice. was it incredibly scary? Yes, because New York was... You know, people say it's the center of the universe. I'm like, all right, to an extent, yes, I will definitely give it that. She a cold-hearted bitch, but she my cold-hearted bitch. You know, I'm just like, yeah. all right. Mm -hmm. There's part of her that will always be a part of me. And luckily, too, because I was way too nice growing up. And now I can look at something objectively and be like, no, this doesn't serve. And I can say that. It, it's not a, a put down. Right. It's not a compliment. It's just the fact of the matter. And being able to say those kinds of things as an adult, as someone who doesn't want to overextend and who wants to make sure that I keep as much concentration for the good that I could do in the good, those kind of things are important. And I never would have learned them staying at home. Those are the kind of things you need to learn in New York whenever somebody's manspread and you're like, hey, suck it up. I know it ain't that big. And then you take a seat where you need to on the bus. <laughs> own a runner didn't you guys have a theater company in yes. new york or am i making no that? we had the active theater company there it is yeah a good friend of mine nathaniel shaw he was at virginia rep for a long time as the artistic director there he was the artistic director of our theater troupe in or our theater company in new york and i was the associate and we put on several productions in new york and you know those little black boxes that you find that are you know used to be a chapel or used to be a mm -hmm. studio space or any number of things. And it'll only fit like 27 people, but by God, we tried our best to get that thing full of 27 and we put on some great new works and, you know, made some incredible friends and made some really interesting art. And it was a blast. Yeah. But I, I was wow. mostly like administrative type stuff because I was always in and out. What I did was like, you know, be a part of the thing for like fundraising and uh, play selection and run auditions or things like that. And it was just, it was incredible to be on that side of it. But I learned very quickly. I was like, this is not my fort. This is not my strength. I, I would love to be a help. I'm right. flattered as hell that somebody asked me to be a part of this, but this is not where my talents lie. And I'm okay with saying that. But um, it was fine because love kept it together. Like we all were so close and had such enormous vision for what that was going to be. And for what we Aww. accomplished, I'm really proud of it. Like it was really something special. And then, of course, you know, people started kind of branch off like people would get married and people would, you know, move mm -hmm. off or or see all of the above. And it just turned into one of those things where like the core group just became too far apart. And it was one of those right. things like, you know, it it, it 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 hurts us to say this, but it's time. You know, it's if, if we can't continue to provide the caliber of theater and art that we wanted to do from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Whenever we made that mission statement, whenever we put that manifesto into, into play, <laughs> it, uh -huh. it's time to let her go. It's time to let her go as a wonderful, sweet memory of really passionate production value that we all came together to do. 
and remember it for that. Instead of a fizzle, she went out with a blaze, and it was incredible. So you've gotten skills from so many places. It's 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 astounding. It's mind-blowing. So do you feel like the skills that you've gotten from all those different kinds of places give you an edge over people who are doing what you do now or where you are now? Oh, gosh, yeah. It, 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 this is uh, Whenever I was at Flat Rock, one of my most favorite parts of the entire thing, we had these incredible things. We had... Um, uh, well, midnight studio on Friday nights and the apprentices would have to perform with a mentor and every week it was two apprentices and their mentors would perform the number or the apprentice would perform the uh, mentored piece yada 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 well mm-hmm. another incredible part of that was master classes because the apprentices were there to learn from the equity actors and they asked me to do a class I was like okay so mine was one of those things like, look, people are going to tell you that you want to stay in the city, that you want to do this, that you want to do that. You know, don't do this. Don't do that. And I'm here to tell you, you do whatever the hell it is you feel like you want to do. I said, if you want to see the world, go do it on a cruise ship because that's the best pay that you could ever hope to have in a situation like this unless you make it to the Broadway. <laughs> if you want to do regional, do regional. If you want to go for that non-act tour, absolutely. You know what? Hey, here's something that's going to fly in the face of every casting director in New York City. If you want to go perform at a, a amusement park for the summer because you can live with your parents and maybe you're missing them, go do it. Because I promise you, no matter what you do, if you enjoy it, your life will be better because of it. I've seen way too many people with gobs of talent turn into bitter betties because they never got that big break they thought they were waiting on because they stayed in one spot. Whereas I've seen all these other people do all these amazing things all over everywhere. You Art is where you make it, kids. It's not all in one spot. You can either take this opportunity and do it there to the very best of your ability to make it what it deserves to be because they hired talent like you to do it. Or you can stay in New York and work that bartending job or that waitstaff job or do that reading And get angrier and more sullen because maybe you're not accomplishing as much as you think you should in the time allotted. You know what? Live Mm -hmm. your damn life. Do what you want to do. And the more varied you can make that, the more exciting your life will be and the more you'll have to bring to an audition room whenever someone asks you for X, Y, or Z. So it's one of those things like just giving people permission. I never understood why people needed to have permission to do some of the things they always wanted to do. I was like, screw it. If you want to see Spain and don't want to spend that $700 for the round-trip flight, how about you get yourself a job on a boat? You'll work four hours a week. You'll make a ton of money. And every other day you're on that boat, you'll be on a beach. Yeah. Get after it. Get your boobs out. Show people. Because in Europe, they don't care. (laughs) Go to the beach. Do the thing. (laughs) Like, it's just, you know... Once we get past this puritanical whatever that we got going on in the United States for whatever reason, like, just go see how other people live. It's really hard to lie right. to somebody through media whenever they've been to these places people are telling us about that are socialist or evil or blah, blah, blah. It's like, that wasn't my experience. I had to have a medical right. procedure done in this country, yeah. and it was not at all what you're describing. And you can shoot holes and stuff like that. Even if you can't convince anybody else, you will not be duped into thinking those kinds of things are what it is. Not to get political on anybody, but the more you see, the more you know, the more you experience, the less likely you are to be hoodwinked or tricked into thinking something that isn't real is because you got no point of reference to prove them false. I rem- uh-huh. Yeah. I remember being a, when I first started out, I went and I went to the drama bookstore and I yeah. bought 
I think uh, this, I think it was a T, TCG. It was a book that listed all of the theaters in the country, all of the regional right. theaters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, um, and it listed it by state. And I just would sit, I sat down and I decided where I'd like to go. Yep. visit <laughs> and I just applied to theaters and like I was really and I've still never been here um I was really gung-ho I really wanted to go to Sedona Arizona oh and I nice. just kept applying to theaters around Arizona because I just wanted to visit it um because yeah. I'd seen a picture it's I'm sure everybody has seen that picture it's like the picture mm-hmm. at sunset of the rocks yeah. in Sedona it's beautiful yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. I'd seen that and I was like I want to go to there <laughs> um right. and so I, I never did get that job but I mean for for years I applied every time it was time for looking for a job because I just wanted to go so <laughs> yeah it's been interesting listening to you because you know for our first two guests Tara and I seem to have picked people who are not afraid of the unknown or as afraid as we thought they would be and and it feels like for you the the idea is that there is no real unknown as long as you have enough tricks in your bag and you believe in yourself enough. I mean, that's really all there is to it. One, two, mm-hmm. if the whole thing is unknown, you got nothing to lose because there's zero expectation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the most expectation I had of any of these things is, you know, keep yourself fed, Bullard. How about that? <laughs> is that cool? Great. Yeah. And there's a dollar menu somewhere. If push comes to shove, you're going to be fine. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then do you feel like there's something inkling at the back of your head saying like, this is going to be the next big thing for you? Sure. Basically all of it does. It's one of those things where you see these, these infographics and these meme things and blah, 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 all over social media that say, you know, uh, the un- step into the unknown, you know, d- shoot for the moon and you'll land among the stars. Like there's a bajillion of those things. Like you can either get caught up in the romance of it and stay your ass at home. Or you can really just like launch yourself into whatever's next and go for it whole hog. Because this, if if I had anything to say about it, this would be it. You cannot leap from one rock to the next if you've got a death grip on your first rock. You got to let it go. You've got to embrace whatever's coming next with your whole heart. And you got to give it all you got. Doesn't mean you can't be scared. Doesn't mean you can't be apprehensive or even doubtful. What you got to do is put your all everything into it. Because quite frankly, (laughs) I don't think people realize just how low an expectation most people have of everyone else in their lives or their circles. Like whenever I deliver, I want to give 112%. And they're like, James, this is way more than I was expecting. Good. Then I have accomplished what I set out to achieve. And it just seems to me like Mm -hmm. so many people offer so much less that whenever you get somebody whole hog, they're all about your bacon. So let them have it. So James, you hey. mentioned before that you have a site with t-shirts. Uh, what What's all that about? What's it about? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my buddy Andrew and I are both part of that same uh, tribute band that I was telling you about. The four by, uh, pardon me, the um, Oh What a Night, the Frankie Valley and Four Seasons tribute band. And uh, whenever I went out to Hawaii to be on the cruise ship, they, they hired me for a four-week gig on the Norwegian Pride of America. And Andrew and I met. He was in the show. I was joining the show. And he was like this little vibratory wad of energy that wanted to go do all the fun things. And I was like, well, I don't know anybody here, so let's go do all the fun things. <laughs> and like he would schedule it, and I would bring like, you know, chock-a-block enthusiasm and a whole lot of volume. 
and we'd have a hell of a lot of fun. And we decided to take that up another level or two. So we've been to Santiago, Chile, and a lot of places around in that area. We also got down the Argentinian border, but didn't cross because of the long line. No, thank you. Uh, we've gone to Rwanda, Uganda, Senegal, Mauritania. We covered all whole lot of Hawaii. <laughs> we were supposed to go to Cambodia this year in March, but we couldn't because of, you know, the whole world burning thing. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but we do all these things and Andrew does this incredible job of doing all the, uh, the trip planning. And uh, like per the usual, I show up with a whole lot of enthusiasm, positive vibes and just like gung-ho let's do it whatever you say yeah and we show people how we do it for pennies on the dollar like whenever we went to whenever we booked our trip to cambodia i think it might have cost us around 260 dollars for two weeks in cambodia including all of our uh um housing all of our transportation while wow. in the country and all of our excursions each for two weeks we try to tell people like look Get out there. I understand you're scared. I understand you've never done this. I understand you have these preconceived notions of who it is that travels and why <laughs> they can because they're made of money or whatever else. No, what it is is they were just, they prioritized it. And it's really just that simple because we can show you even on a shoestring how you can get and do all these incredible things that we do, often in underpants, you're welcome, <laughs> to show people how much fun we can have and not spend a mint. And we go usually for two weeks, but if you've only got a week or whatever, easily tailored. Like it's just one of those things where you pick and choose what you want to do. You put it all together and away you go. But it's um, it's online. Our blog is called www.theadventuredudes.com. And you can visit the Swag Shack and pick up any number of our T-shirts or, of course, we've got the COVID mask and we've got, like, uh, the the hot and cold beverage holders, you know, just, like, fun stuff. You know, people that want to have mm -hmm. a, a piece of us, they can go there and do it. Plus, I've got, like, you know, seven other shirts myself in my drawer because they're, they're really cool. I mean, I like them a lot. The designs are great, but also they're super comfortable. Ugh. And it, any proceeds, 20% of the proceeds go to getting um, inner city school kids out of inner city schools and like get them into language programs or oh, travel wow. programs or camping programs or things like that. Uh, whatever's left of the profit goes into our coffers to help, you know, fund some of the trips that we take so that we can get out to more interesting places and tell you how we got there, how much it costs and how you can do it just as easily and just as reasonably priced. Um, it sounds like you should be recording a podcast about that. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think James might be my new therapist. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> so you've given us lots to think about. Do you feel that there's a certain phrase or motto that, like, takes you through life or guides you? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's mostly just one of those things, like, don't be afraid of the change. Nice. Like, so many people I see cling to something they hate, and I know they hate it because they've told me umpteen times, and they cling to it desperately. And I'm one of those guys, I don't like to be in a position where I don't like where I am. Almost everywhere I've landed, I've been very, very lucky to have at least several elements that are very positive, very nurturing, very educational or enriching for whatever reason. So I never want any of that good to be tainted by my own reluctance to change my position if it becomes something that is no longer serving me. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, live in the flux and don't be afraid of the change because my productivity, my creativity, my artistic spirit, all of it is just so much fuller 
whenever I am literally just looking for where the ground is because, yet again, I jumped without looking to see where the net or the ground or the water or the anything was. It was just like, I know I'm not supposed to be here. So I'm going to jump to land to see if that's the next stop. And it almost always is. Because it's just one of those things, you land in something and you find your friends, you find your tribe, you find your job, you find your bliss, and you just roll with it until one of those things becomes something that you don't want to deal with anymore. And you're like, okay, this was amazing. You, you give thanks for it, and then you turn on your heel and you get ready to look for the next great thing. First, uh, so thank you. James for joining us and sharing your story. Um, My pleasure. Thank you for being such an inspiration. This has given me a lot to think about. I know. So great. Thank, Thank you. you. I know. Both. We My might goodness. we might have to offline and figure out uh, how to make how to let get James to help us make make ourselves moguls. Um. <laughs> what I was going to say is becoming a mogul is really not very difficult. It just takes a little bit of know how, messing up a few times learning a hard lesson and then continuing to move forward with it, not being scared because you messed up a couple of times, whatever. Nice. Um, okay. So we did that. We'd, uh, is there, before we let you go also, is there anything that you want to plug? Where can we find you online? Where can we find wow. your information? I'm going to put it all in the show notes, but sure. you know, you should go ahead and say it all so that, um, you know, you people it. hear you say it. <laughs> yeah, The Adventure Dudes. We are in a couple of places on Facebook. We've got The Adventure Dudes. Uh, we're not the ones in Australia. No. Nope. And uh, you'll you'll know that you've gotten to our page because Andrew and I are standing in front of a great big rock wearing nothing but underwear. And you'll know that's us. <laughs> that's the cover photo. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> we also have hashtag Share Your Adventure on Facebook. That's got like a, a travel community. That one's been kind of quiet since COVID because COVID. Mm. Uh, mm. If you want to find us on Instagram, we are also the Adventure Dudes, the T H E Adventure Dudes um, on Instagram. We're also on Pinterest, which is all Andrew's domain. I'm like, what is this Pinterest you speak of? It sounds so interesting, and it's <laughs> honestly, it's beautiful. Like what he's done there is absolutely stunning. I was like, I could never. So he's done some really intensive work there, and it's fantastic. Now, if you want to find me online, you can find me at jamesebullard.com. And I'm also at James E. Bullard for Instagram. And uh, I probably won't want to look for me on Facebook because it's just my personal page. I don't have like any kind of that fan stuff on 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 uh, Facebook. But you can find me on Instagram. And there's a whole lot of stuff there. It's probably a whole lot of like Speedos and underwear and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> if that's your thing, get after it. Because I, was, I spent too long as a chunky kid. So now that I'm not a chunky adult, I'm showing it off. It may not be... <laughs> cover worthy but by god it's mine and i'm proud of it so there you have it <laughs> and are you on facebook as uh the adventure dudes as well yes the adventure okay. dudes we are and that's where you can find us in front of the rock in our panties i mean our oh. underpants yep <laughs> nice <laughs> what? and you'll get to see a little bit more of that battle cat whoop, whoop. Ooh, there it is i forgot i forgot we were talking <laughs> about battle cat Right. I mean, I got I got to see it in person, just butt cracking Battle Cat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where it is. When you're given this much canvas, you got to make sure you put something pretty on it. Sorry. So. Amazing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so Tori, this is my friend James. <laughs> right. He's great. <laughs> 
I wish he lived closer, <laughs> you know? That's awesome. So that's, I mean, that's all I got. Do you have anything else, Tor? I think that's it for me. Great. This has been really fun. Same. Oh. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time and like asking me to be here. This has been a hoot and a half. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. I've enjoyed the heck out of this. I know, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so that was our episode. And Yay! all I have to say is I love James. <laughs> I, uh, like I was saying, I adore him. I want him to be my therapist and or life coach and or also maybe make him our business manager. Because <laughs> I, uh, somebody needs to keep us on track. Well, th- there's that. But I also appreciate it. And you'll hear it. It becomes like a running theme if I keep keep it in the episodes um, mm-hmm. of Tori trying to help me get work <laughs> by oh, yeah. me this out is, to my friends. Uh, <laughs> this is the... This, yeah, this is the first one. We're yeah. going to see more as they come up. Yeah. I'm forever trying to get people work. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally, like, no, honestly, it's it's happened before. Whenever I'm in a really shitty place, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I become, like, the ultimate fairy godmother for everyone around me where I'm like, are you happy? You know how you could be happier? Have you tried submitting that script to trauma? <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to, to Tori uh, trying to help me get work, I just love talking to James he really is just continually aggressively positive and he really is just sort of sunshine he sells sunshine he kind of is sunshine but also I really liked listening to him talk because like I say I always get something out of these ironically it's part of a conversation that we had after we finished recording as opposed Mm -hmm. to while we were recording where he told me that he hadn't realized that having a podcast was a dream of mine. And he said mm-hmm. to me, isn't it strange how when you want to do something so much and it seems so unattainable that once you start doing it, you're like, oh, why did I wait so long to do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, you know, so even even offline, he's kind of full of pearls of wisdom. That's all yeah. I got. It was it's. Uh, as, as I've been saying to Tara over and over, I, I thought we'd get so many more people who were frightened of of the unknown in this podcast because that's how I approach it. Mm-hmm. And James isn't. Josh isn't. You're going to find that some of our other guests aren't. We finally caught one that is scared. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's such a boss, it doesn't even matter. It's It's very invigorating and it's giving me hope to hear about this. Or to hear people be like, yeah, I was scared. What good does that do? You know? Right. And so I've been feeling like, you know, sometimes sometimes you go along with great ideas that your friends have to start a podcast because <laughs> you love and support them. Aww. And sometimes you do it because like, oh, that sounds like it might work. You know, we might be able to get like a year out of this before like maybe the theme fails. And like right now, like I just feel like I'm like, oh, fuck, this might actually work. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, now what do I do? Like, how do I? <laughs> I know. How do I mold my life around this future future <laughs> amazingness? So, And I keep um, sitting around going, oh, my God, this is totally going to work. Okay, so we're going to go. <laughs> as soon as the world opens back up, there's going to be all these podcast festivals, and we're going to get to go to them, and I'm going to get mm-hmm. to meet all the people on all the podcasts that I'm enjoying listening to during the pandemic because the podcast people have become my friends <laughs> <laughs> because I've been alone in my apartment <laughs> for six months. <laughs> and so I'm excited to meet all all my pretend friends from all the podcasts that I love. And I'm like, and then I'm going to introduce Tori to all of them, um, all the ones that I like, and then she can take me around to all the ones that she likes. It's going to be great, and we're all going 
become friends. And then they're going to come on our podcast, and then they're going to invite us to be on their podcast, and I have a whole, and then I'm going to start an empire, and I'm going to have a podcasting empire. And then I'm like, oh, do I sound crazy? And I was like, no, all no. great plans sound crazy. Like, all great plans sound crazy. <laughs> you know, it's just And so also, much. you've got a fairy godmother living next to you going, yeah, yeah, whatever she says. Yeah. <laughs> I said whatever she says. <laughs> And so it's just it really is it's exciting and like I like we talked about a little bit before having now that the first episode has come out like you know you create these things in a bubble and so Mm -hmm. now that it when it went out into the world and other people connected with I've been getting text messages and stuff about people wanting to work with Josh (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. or go see his band or you know, it's just, it's sort of amazing. I'm babbling now. I should probably stop. I think we've been babbling for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good babbling. So, Tori, I, I forgot to ask you this last time and many times because you do other things besides this podcast. So tell everybody where they can find you that isn't this podcast. Well, like I said before, you can find me, you can find my work and the work of my partners at KidRiotComics.com. That is the home of Kid Riot, a a gay Latino speedster who gets his heroes out of retirement. Together they keep the streets of New Jersey safe because somebody has to. And just to be clear, Mm -hmm. you, you, you draw on that one, right? So I am the, the I am the ink artist on Kid Riot, and then I am the line artist and writer of the sister story Capes and Boots, mm-hmm. which is about Ellie Martinez, who uh, goes to work for the famed news anchor Roberta Whitley, and together they're uh, covering heroes while uncovering the truth. Damn, it's been a while since I've said that. So. <laughs> well, and if uh, anybody yeah. is looking for like a little preview of Tori's work, uh, just in case you're unclear, Tori drew our our logo. That's mm-hmm. all Tori. She does all of that. So just check her out. I just wanted Aww, to. Aw, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the main thing that I do outside of this. Uh, t- if. You have questions. Oh boy, that's the main thing that I do that I do outside of this. Um, but if you have questions or think you'd make a great guest or know someone that make a great guest for this show, reach out and let us know. Tara, why don't you tell them where they can get in touch with us? I, I feel like I can work on that transition a little bit for you for the next time. Because <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was totally it's my okay. fault. Um, we'll figure mm-hmm. it out <laughs> next time. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Uncharted Territory, online at unchartedterritory.com, or you can email us at unchartedterritory at gmail.com. That's uncharted, Tara, T-A-R-A, Tori, T-O-R-I, Territory, like our names. Also, you can listen to us pretty much anywhere people listen to podcasts. I know we're still pending on a couple of sites while we build up our library, but if you'd like to help, subscribe, rate, review. Those stars are super helpful. Um, If you like us, you should tell all of your friends. But if you don't like us, maybe don't tell anybody. (laughs) Yeah, slam that subscribe button. Tell us what you think. Um, But I think that's about it. Oh, one more thing. Stick around, because at the end of the episode, James is going to sing us out. Nice. I'm so excited. All right, Tori. Let's do the thing. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember, the territory territory may may be be uncharted, uncharted, but it is not.
insurmountable. Take it away, James. She can kill with a smile. She can wound with her eyes. She can ruin your faith with her casual eyes. She only reveals what she wants you to see. She hides like a child, but she's always a woman to me. She can lead you to love. She can take you or leave you. She can ask for the truth, but she'll never believe you. She'll take what you give her as long as it's free. She steals like a thief, but she's always a woman to me. Oh, she takes care of herself. She can wait if she wants. She's ahead of her time. And she never gives out She never gives in She just changes her mind She'll promise you more than the Garden of Eden And she'll carelessly cut you and laugh while you're bleeding But she'll bring out the best Worst you can be. Blame it all on yourself, cause she's always a woman to me. She can do as she pleases, she's nobody's fool. She can't be convicted, she's earned her degree. And the most she will do is throw shadows at you, but she's always a woman to me. It should be shot. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. In a gotta Davido, baby. Oh hey, there's my mouse. Good job. Oh, it just didn't want to play.